Hey friend, welcome back. Grab your cup of coffee. Let's have a chat today. Can you tell me if you relate to any of these? You know you should be reading the Bible and praying, but when you sit down, there's silence. You do grab your Bible, you do sit down to open it, but where do you begin? What are these words saying? What does it mean for my life? Just all of the questions, and it feels so silent and so dry, so what's the point anyway? Friend, I want to have a conversation today about how I grew up in the Christian circle, knowing I was supposed to be reading my Bible, but it took me a solid 20 years to finally feel like the Bible was coming alive. And yes, even throughout the affair, I knew that I was supposed to be reading the Bible and hearing from God, but I just couldn't, and I felt so stuck and so alone, even in my relationship with God. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, let's have a conversation today about the Bible and some of my best tips for you on how to love your time in the Word and how to bring your relationship with God alive so you can thrive. Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom. I kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. When it comes to your questions about God or religion or faith or any of those practices, do you ever feel afraid to ask those questions? Do you feel like someone might judge you or laugh at you or you're just really afraid of what the true answer might be? Friend, could I encourage you to come join our free community on Facebook where we can dive into these sorts of questions. I want to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Or, hey, there's a passage that made me really uncomfortable. How do you start to unpack that? Friend, this is a safe space. Yes, for your questions about marriage or affairs or what to do practically moving forward, but this is also a safe space for you to grow in your walk with Christ in your spiritual habits, and to just explore and ask some of those difficult questions. So hop on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity, and I will have that linked in the show notes. Okay, so let's dive in. Let me give you a little background to this. So I was raised in Christian education, Christian schools, And to be honest, that was a place where I could thrive. I grew up learning the stories. I grew up learning the history of God's people. And and I felt like I really did have a, 
a decent picture of who God is and how he was at work in the world. So I was raised in a Christian school. I learned all of this information about who God is and how I'm supposed to live this life as a result of that. And it continued through, I went through a Christian high school, and then also I went to a Bible college. So I became kind of a professional student of the Bible. I knew all the information. I could study the history. I knew that the Bible was written in other languages. And so I knew that even that was important to really understanding it all. But here is where I think I had my biggest problem. I was so busy studying the history and the context and all of the the logical information that I missed the fact that the Bible is also a love letter. Now, imagine with me for a minute, back to the days when you had a boyfriend, and imagine having this boyfriend and you would write him all of these love notes. You had all these things to tell him. You wanted to tell him about your day and about your friends and about your job and so you were writing all of these love notes, and let's just talk about snail mail. You, you put them in the mail and sent them to him. And so cute, right? You knew that he got those letters and loved them and loved getting them from you. But then imagine that he would also send you mail. He would send love notes back to you. And before you even opened the envelope, you got the letter and said, oh, that's cute, and put it on your table or put it on your desk. And eventually, over time, you let those stack up unopened. And you just never bothered to open them because why Why bother? You knew he loved you, and you knew that he loved getting your letters. And even to take it a step further, he would call you on the phone and leave you voicemails. But why bother listening to those? Okay, do you see where I'm going with this? A real relationship is two-sided, and that is the very first step to see that your relationship with God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, it is a real, real, real relationship, and it can't just be one-sided. So let's say that, like in my case, I was really good at sending up maybe one-sentence prayers. God help me. God, I'm in trouble. God, where are you? And so I was constantly speaking out, but I never really took the time to sit and receive and to open his words to me or to listen to his voicemails to me. I was missing the emotion of it all. I was missing the imagery and really tapping into the, the creative side of me. If I believe God is creator, then there's creativity there. And I, I stuffed that part of me down for so long. We can talk on another episode about emotions and, and tapping into all the different parts of us. But I missed out on those imageries, those mental pictures, the emotions that came with reading love notes from somebody who cares about me. I was so fact and logic driven that I was blinded to a lot of things. And one thing is when I was doing, let's say, Bible study, I would read something 
especially from you know the Old Testament, like the first half of the Bible, I would read it and my mind kept putting up this wall and saying, but that was for them back then. And if I would hear somebody quote verses from, let's say, Isaiah or Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future, plans to prosper. And I would hear that and I'd say, that's nice, but that was for the people back then. And so I, for a long time, was closed off. I just had this wall built in my mind and my heart. I had this wall built that promises that were in the Old Testament were for, you know, God's old people. They didn't apply to me today. And it really took some time of hanging out with my mindset coach to, she would quote these verses constantly, constantly, constantly. She was speaking God's truth. And you know what? Being around her, that rubbed off on me to say, hey, if that Maybe, yes, God did speak that promise to those people back then. But if I believe that God never changes, then it's the same God. The same God who promised he would never leave his people. Well, it's the same God for me today. He hasn't changed. And so it's okay for me to claim that promise as well. When I had that eye-opening moment... It was like, really like the second half of the Bible opened up before me and I could start getting to know God as a person in a way that I had never really known him before. My hesitancies were pulled down and so I started to get to know God as a person and God as a lover and a friend and it's the same God that interacts with me today as this God that I read about in the pages of scripture. So I had missed so much of who God is, and he's the same God today. Isaiah is one of those books. Uh, Jeremiah, I said, is another one. And even Psalms. Oh, I love the book of Psalms and the, the pictures, the imagery that's painted there. I was so worried about getting the context right that I totally missed the message. I was overanalyzing everything and I really was missing the simple stuff. So I have six tips for you today on how the Bible can start to come alive for you even if you're in a dry, silent season right now. The first tip, make sure that you have a version of the Bible that's easy to read for you. And we can talk all day long about different translations. And honestly, I love that conversation. If you have questions for me about what translation I would recommend, shoot me a message. Let's talk about that for sure. I will tell you that for a long time, I was reading the ESV, the English Standard Version, because I knew that it was true to the original language. It it was a good interpretation, good translation. However, right now I am reading something called the NLT, the New Living Translation. Why? Because my mom brain needs simple. And the NLT breaks things down to be so simple. 
Um, it is very refreshing and I can understand the Bible and the verses and the stories just in a, a new, clear way that I haven't had for a while. And you know what also prompted this was about a year and a half ago, I let myself splurge and I bought a brand new Bible and I made sure that it had wide margins so that I could journal in it. If you do a search for this, you might even search for like a journal Bible and you'll see it has the scripture in the middle and then it has lines along the outer edges to where you can journal or often I take notes uh, for my church sermons, uh, but I can write in it and make it beautiful. Yeah, if you are into like the doodling, um, you know, art side of things, draw pictures to go along with it or jot down the notes of, you know, what you're hearing or how God's speaking to you. So find a version that is readable for you and buy a new Bible. You'll get very excited with something new. Oh, you know what? And include some fun, colorful pens and highlighters too, but something that gets you excited. Okay, number two, what has helped me is that I pray for God to speak when I sit down to read the Bible and I expect him to speak. God's word is alive. It is not dead. It's not old. It is currently alive. And so if I go into my time in the word expecting to hear from God, then I am ready. I'm listening and I'm ready to hear from him. Okay, now number three, pay attention to your emotions while you're reading. I will tell you, there are some Bible verses that just make me really uncomfortable. For example, I committed one month to read through the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and there's, you know, 30 or 31 days in a month. So I said, I'm going to read through Proverbs. Well, I got to, it was either two or three chapters in a row, and the subheading above the, the chapter, or the chapter title, said something to the effect of the adulterous woman. Oh, goodness gracious, did I want to skip that day? Because it was really challenging. It was really uncomfortable to read through that and to ask myself, what does the Bible have to say about an adulterous woman? Now, in Proverbs, yeah, it talks about this woman who is not repentant. She is not walking with the Lord. She is trying to go out and seduce these men. And now I know that that is not me. That is not my story. But it was still challenging and it was uncomfortable to read through that. So my tip for you here is pay attention to what feeling is evoked in these different um, chapters that you're reading and sit in that. Don't just close the Bible and run away from it. Sit in it and ask God, what does he want you to learn from this chapter? What does he want you to take away? So pay attention to the emotions, lean into it, uh, stay there for a while. Okay, number four, and this kind of goes along with that. Ask yourself questions, and here's a couple questions for you. When you read a chapter, what can I learn about God here? What does this chapter teach me about God as a person? Or another question, what does this teach me about 
people, about humanity. Because believe it or not, people that lived thousands of years ago, they were actually just like us. They still had emotions and thoughts and struggles. So even the people that were writing the Bible, they had insight into how God created humanity. So what can we learn about people and our tendencies? So what can I learn about God? What can I learn about people? Now, number five, my fifth tip for you is to journal and to think and pray and take notes. Make this just a holy mess, if you will, a holy mess in a notebook. But there is power, even scientifically speaking, when you study the brain, there is power in writing your thoughts down on paper, getting them out of your head. So there's scientific backing for that. I'm also going to come from the angle of being a busy working mom. If I don't write things down on paper, my brain is moving at a million miles an hour and the thoughts will stay a jumbled mess in my head. Think of like a, you know, a yarn ball that has gotten just all tangled up. It's just a mess. But when I get them out onto paper, it forces me to slow down and to form coherent thoughts about it. So slowing down really is the key for me. Uh, But just to untangle that mess in my brain, get it out on paper. And for me, it's a mix of here's a thought. Okay, but God, I'm talking to you. Okay, let me write down this verse because it was interesting. Oh, but here I have a question. Oh, and here I have a thought. Oh, and Lord, I'm still talking to you. That's why I said, holy mess. Get it all out on the paper. It's for you. All right, and number six, watch out for God winks uh, throughout the day, throughout the week. You will start to notice that when you get serious about spending time in the word, talking to God, you will notice that things tend to repeat themselves. You might read a verse this morning and then hear a song on the radio that also talks about that. Or a friend might post you know, a picture on social media that has the same verse. Or you might hear something in a sermon that relates to something that you read this week. So all over the place, you will start to see and hear themes that get repeated. And I call them God winks because I just pause and I smile. And it's like I have this inner conversation with God to say, God, thank you. You know, you just validated what I heard this morning. Or, okay, God, you're reminding me of this again in a different sort of way. So watch out for the same themes to get repeated. It is a beautiful thing. And Lastly, just a bonus to all of this, find someone to talk to about what you've been learning. Whether it's a friend or a coach or a mentor, whoever it is, don't let it just only stay between you and God. Find someone, it could be your spouse, it could be your kids, that you could just give them a a one-sentence summary of, oh yeah, in the Bible this morning, I read this. Oh yeah, I've been feeling lately like God has been telling me this. Just a one-sentence summary. But as you begin speaking it, it continues to stay alive in your spirit. And as God is speaking to you, then you can be an instrument to share that with other people as well. 
So I hope that helps. Six tips for studying the Bible and helping the Bible come alive. So buy a new Bible in a version that works for you. Pray for and expect God to speak. Pay attention to your emotions. And then ask yourself questions like, what can I learn about God or what can I learn about people? Journal, journal, journal. And then watch out for God to speak and to smile at you in all of these different ways throughout your life. Friends, I love you. I am praying for you. Please feel free to reach out to me at any time. But I'm praying that you experience the love of Christ in your life this week. Hey, Mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at christinajoycoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future.